0: New season out on Spotify soon. Hi, I'm Vanessa Richardson. And I'm Carter Roy. Welcome to Historical Figures, formerly known as Remarkable Lives, Tragic Deaths. Every Wednesday, we discuss a different person's lasting historical impact, unique personality, and impression on the world around them.
1: Our audio biographies cover big lives, but we like to focus on little-known facts. If you want to listen to any previous episodes, you can find them on your favorite podcast directory. And while you're there, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review. Today, we're taking a look at the life of Frida Kahlo, the painter and activist who rebounded from a horrific accident to become Mexico's most talented and provocative artist.
0: Now... The life of Frida Kahlo. Most listeners would probably know her self-portraits. They have a distinct look, all painted on small canvases, employing a color palette reminiscent of the colors used in traditional Mexican
1: clothing. She was her own most common subject. A piercing gaze, thick eyebrows, and a cryptic Mona Lisa smile, containing competing emotions of pride, pain, sadness, and irreverent playfulness.
0: But they were more than just self-portraits. Frida used herself as a stand-in for ideas about life, pain, brokenness, and her revolutionary ideals.
1: Her art, like Frida herself, has a lot to say.
0: But how did little Magdalena Carmen Frida Kahlo y Calderón become Frida? She was so legendary that, during her life, the press didn't even need to write her full name. Just Frida was enough for everyone to know who they meant.
1: To understand how Frida became Frida, we have to rewind to the circumstances of her birth. She was born in 1910. A year of revolution in Mexico. The spirit of revolution would come to define her life and legacy.
0: Except she wasn't born in 1910. She was born in 1907. 1907? Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Throughout her life, she invented stories. Lied? Mm, More like mythologized. She wove a tapestry of lore around herself and her life. She wanted to be seen by the world in a very specific way. And she tweaked the details of her life story to suit the needs of the narrative she was crafting.
1: So she said she was born in 1910 because she wanted to be associated with the Mexican Revolution?
0: Exactly. By claiming that year as her birth year, she owned a part of it.
1: Throughout her life, the narrative shifted as Frida decided who she wanted to be and how she wanted to be perceived. But there was always a narrative.
0: Let's Start over. Frida was born on July 6, 1907, in the placid village of Khan. Although the paperwork spelled her name F-R-I-D-A, throughout her early life, she spelled her name F-R-I-E-D-A, a German spelling inherited from her
1: father, Guillermo Kahlo. Guillermo, or Wilhelm in the original German, was a first-generation German-Jewish immigrant who worked as an architecture photographer. He made most of his money from government contracts. His fortunes rose and fell as the governments did. So there were good years and bad years for their family.
0: A man of few words, he preferred to let his photography do his talking. Brain damage from an accident in his youth left him prone to epileptic fits. Embarrassed by his condition, he avoided socializing when he could.
1: Nonetheless, he used his handsome looks and European charm to woo Matilde Calderón y González, a pious mestiza woman.
0: Frida's maternal grandfather was of native Mexican descent, and her maternal grandmother was the daughter of a Spanish general.
1: Matilde was Guillermo's second wife. Both of Frida's parents gave her elements of her distinct identity.
0: Frida claimed her father helped inspire her to take up visual arts, and she identified strongly with her mother's native heritage.
1: When Frida was young, Guillermo took her on trips to the park. While he painted, she collected rocks. She didn't show much inclination toward art until later. In the meantime, she was a rebel. Her father's bitter silences and her mother's rigid Catholic moralizing each inspired Frida's defiance in their own way.
0: She had many sisters, Matilda and Adriana, who were older, Christina, who was one year younger, and Maria Luisa and Margarita, older half-sisters who lived at a convent but were sometimes home to help raise their siblings.
1: Maria Luisa, the oldest, was 13 years older than Frida. Frida's childhood took place during transformative years for Mexico. From 1910,
0: when she was three, until 1920, when she was 12, Mexico lurched repeatedly from violent conflict to uneasy peace. Frida described the effect this had on her childhood.
1: She said, quote, I remember when the tragic 10 days, coup d'etat, took place. My mother gave access to the Zapatistas. Seeing to it that the wounded and hungry jumped from the windows of my house into the living room. She cured them and gave them thick tortillas. In 1914, bullets just hissed. I still hear their extraordinary sound.
0: To a child, this was just sound and fury. Frida's concerns at the time were more prosaic. As a young child, she was working hard at becoming an accomplished prankster.
1: These pranks were not sophisticated. Once, she pushed her half-sister, Maria Luisa, off a chamber pot. Maria Luisa yelled at Frida, telling her that her parents had found her in a trash can.
0: Frida was so shocked by the trash can allegation that, for years, she became introverted and played almost exclusively with an imaginary
1: friend. When Frida was six, she contracted polio, Her convalescence was long, and her right leg never fully recovered.
0: Her exercise regime, post-polio, was strict, and her father Guillermo encouraged her to take up sports. Maybe her participation in traditionally male activities is part of why Guillermo eventually came to treat Frida the way most fathers of the time treated their firstborn sons.
1: Guillermo saw Frida as the child to carry on the family legacy.
0: So in 1922, when Frida was 14, Guillermo sent Frida to the National Preparatory School. It was the best educational institution in Mexico.
1: Naturally, she did all kinds of things that could have easily gotten
0: her kicked out. She hung around with a group of budding intellectuals and 'er ne'er-do-wells who called themselves the Cachuchas after the caps they wore.
1: Many of them would later go on to become politicians, lawyers, or professors. But in their preparatoria days, they were known as mischief-makers.
0: Frida was particularly fond of firecrackers.
1: Once, to express her distaste for a conservative professor, she set a firecracker off in a crowded classroom, apparently injuring no one but blasting out the windows.
0: The professor was so used to their disruptions That he calmly brushed fallen plaster off his suit and continued the lecture.
1: But Frida's pranks were not always victimless. Once she attempted
0: to ambush a muralist working in a school building by soaping a staircase he used every day. She was disappointed when the muralist took the steps so slowly and calmly that he did not slip.
1: But the next day, to her delight, a professor plummeted to the bottom of the stairs. (laughs)
0: In 1925, when Frida was 17, Guillermo Kahlo's business was doing poorly, and Frida was expected to contribute to the family's income during breaks from school.
1: She had a series of brief part-time jobs, crewing a cash register or balancing books. She was not a good employee, and she bounced from job to job.
0: She eventually got a job copying prints of paintings for a printer named Fernando Fernandez, who taught her to draw.
1: Her boyfriend at the time, Alejandro Gomez, claims Frida had an affair with Fernandez.
0: But she was with Alejandro when, on September 17, 1925, she was in the accident that broke her body.
1: Listeners who don't want to hear a description of her serious injuries might want to hit the skip 30 seconds ahead button a couple of times.
0: Mm. An electric streetcar hit the bus she was riding, driving a handrail through her abdomen, breaking her pelvis and shattering her right leg.
1: That's the same leg that had already been ravaged by polio. Now it had 11 new fractures, and her foot was crushed. Her back was broken in three places.
0: When the accident put a sudden end to her schooling and her childhood adventures. She was 18.
1: The accident was not a sudden impact. The streetcar bumped into the middle of the bus, T-boning it, and pushed it firmly until the bus bent and finally broke.
0: It just kept on pushing until the bus was shattered. Two or three people died on the scene, with many more injured. Frida described it like this.
1: Quote, it is a lie that one is aware of the crash, a lie that one cries. In me, there were no tears. The crash bounced us forward, and a handrail pierced me the way a sword pierces a bull. End quote. For a month afterward, it wasn't clear whether she would live. She spent the next 29 years, the rest of her life, in pain from the accident. She had
0: good years and bad years, years where she was active and bedridden years, but she was never fully well again.
1: And yet, the accident is what led to her painting. So without the accident, Frida, the little girl who spelled her name with an E, might never have become Frida, the legendary visionary artist.
0: A year after Frida emerged from the hospital, doctors finally discovered the injuries to her spine. They hadn't done x-rays during her first visit because her family could not afford it.
1: She had to be fitted with a series of uncomfortable, rigid plaster corsets designed to keep her vertebrae in their place.
0: She had to be hung by her head to straighten out her spine, and encased in plaster, waiting until it was hardened to let her down.
1: During this recovery period, Frida was bedridden. Her parents had an easel built for her that could be used without sitting up. She painted to keep her mind occupied. She did
0: not set out to become one of the great artists of her age. She was just trying to survive.
1: The accident managed to produce both tragedy and beauty.
0: And that's the uneasy mix of emotion that filled the rest of Frida's life.
1: We'll return to our story in just a moment from the Parcast Network.
0: This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. Rita's first paintings were of former schoolmates who came to visit. Some of her paintings she considered to be so bad, she tore them up.
1: In the year she spent convalescing, her schoolmates came of age. Many of them became outspoken revolutionaries.
0: Once she was on her feet again, in 1928, a schoolmate introduced her to a new circle of hellraisers. These weren't kids setting off firecrackers, though. They were the elite of the Mexican Communist Party.
1: One of their foremost members was a painter named Diego Rivera. At the time, Diego was Mexico's foremost muralist.
0: He had studied the Renaissance greats in Europe, come home, and found his own distinctly Mexican perspective.
1: As fate would have it, a few years earlier, a mischievous girl with thick eyebrows had attempted to soap some steps below a mural he was working on.
0: Hmm, who could that be?
1: Hmm, like Frida, Diego was a storyteller. He embellished. He was not much to look at, but he was very charismatic. He wielded his wit and his brush as weapons. And he surrounded himself with intelligent, beautiful women. In 1928, Frida accosted Diego at work, demanding he come down from his scaffolding and look at some paintings she'd brought. She knew his reputation with women and warned him that she wasn't interested in flattery. She bluntly demanded to know if she was wasting her time painting.
0: Diego told her she had talent and encouraged her to develop it. The way he recalls it, he actually had to play down his enthusiasm for her work, worrying she would not believe him.
1: She took his advice and continued to develop her art, her style, and her voice.
0: She also struck up an affair with him. She was 20, he was 41. Her parents described their mismatched Beauty and the Beast looks as, quote, the elephant and the dove.
1: Frida preferred to call Diego a frog.
0: Why their relationship lasted is complicated. Like Frida's own health, The health of her relationship had good years and bad. Good days and bad. Some who met them described a relationship that blossomed over time. Others pointed to cracks that appeared only gradually.
1: Some of their friends described Diego as a father figure to Frida, saying he mentored her.
0: Other friends say, despite the age difference, Frida played a mother figure to Diego. He was helpless without a female caretaker.
1: She learned his favorite recipes from one of his former lovers, whom she'd befriended.
0: And she constantly cleaned up after messes he created in his frenetic haste to paint as much as humanly possible.
1: Frida and Diego's relationship was full of contradictions, and anyone who looked at them saw a different side of them. Only they knew the whole story.
0: And when they told their story to others, it was invariably with embellishment. Of course it was. So why did they stay together so long? And Diego, who easily grew bored with lovers, liked that Frida was smarter than him. She was never boring.
1: And Frida was attracted irresistibly to his passion, even when, in a given moment, she hated him.
0: In the early days of their affair, Frida produced some works that had a Rivera-esque veneer to them, including her portrait of Cristina Kahlo, her younger sister. But Frida quickly stepped out of Diego's shadow and found her own style.
1: He worked on large, grand murals, while she worked on tiny, intimate canvases. Their paintings featured some similar subject matter—the dignity and dreams of the working class of Mexico.
0: Frida's father, Guillermo, overcame any objections he had about the age or looks of his daughter's fiancé due to Diego's affluence.
1: Guillermo Kahlo's photography business still had not recovered. Diego later paid off his father-in-law's mortgage.
0: That's right. Frida and Diego married on August 21st, 1929. She was 22 and he was 42.
1: The years after their marriage had moments of great happiness, including an extended honeymoon, but also great pain. In 1930, Frida had her first abortion, made necessary by her shattered pelvis.
0: She cried inconsolably over her inability to bear children. She occupied her mind with domestic chores and painted little. She only finished two portraits in 1930.
1: Frida's marriage to Diego gave her credibility as a communist activist and, ironically, invited her into the world of bourgeois high society.
0: In 1930, when she was a 23-year-old newlywed, they briefly relocated to San Francisco, and then again to New York in 1931.
1: The ever-shifting political landscape in Mexico made it difficult for Diego to stay, and he was wooed by famous American art patrons, people like John D. Rockefeller. The very capitalists he denounced in his art wanted to pay him to make more of it.
0: Socialism was fashionable, and if there's one thing capitalism is good at, it is commodifying what's fashionable.
1: Frida was along for the ride. She quickly became bored by the company and conversation of many of Diego's American friends and patrons.
0: Diego didn't mind working for wealthy capitalists. He wanted to work from within the system to change it. Frida did not share this convenient rationalization, writing to a friend,
1: "'High society here turns me off, and I feel a bit of rage against all these rich guys here,' since I have seen thousands of people in the most terrible misery without anything to eat and with no place to sleep. That is what has most impressed me here. It is terrifying to see the rich having parties day and night while thousands and thousands of people are dying of hunger."
0: Bored by Diego's parties, Frida painted, and her style continued to improve. Her portraits began to incorporate abstractions, showing the inner workings and metaphorical meanings of the people in their frames.
1: In April of 1932, when Frida was 24, they moved to Detroit, again chasing one of Diego's capitalist patrons, Edsel Ford of the Ford Motor Company.
0: Frida found Detroit less welcoming and started trying to provoke their hosts.
1: In conversation with high society ladies, she casually used profanity in English, pretending not to understand what her words meant.
0: She knew Edsel's father, Henry Ford, to be a self-avowed anti-Semite and had little patience for him. Again, pretending to know less than she did, she used a quiet moment at dinner with Ford to ask him if he was Jewish.
1: Still setting off firecrackers.
0: Though her right foot, the one crushed in the accident, still caused her pain and discomfort, she did manage to dance at these bourgeois gatherings.
1: She became pregnant again in Detroit. Scared by her previous experience and the knowledge that her badly mended pelvis could not handle childbirth, she asked a doctor to attempt to medicinally abort the fetus. This was unsuccessful.
0: On seeing that the attempt was unsuccessful, her doctor re-examined her and informed her that she could carry a child to term as long as it was delivered by cesarean section.
1: She was anxious. She knew Diego's commission would be up three months before she was to deliver, There didn't seem to be a way to stay in Detroit with this doctor and get the operation.
0: She would have to travel while in late pregnancy, on top of her other physical impairments.
1: And she worried this American doctor was encouraging her to have the child, not because it was best for her, but rather because the doctor did not want to break the law by performing an abortion.
0: Despite her worries, she decided to try to keep the child.
1: And once her mind was made up, not even Diego could change it.
0: Listeners, Take care. Skip the next minute if you don't want to hear grisly medical details.
1: Frida miscarried on July 4, 1932, two days before her 25th birthday. She spent 13 days in a hospital.
0: Specifically, the hospital named for its benefactor, Henry Ford.
1: Concerned by her slow recovery, doctors pulled liquid from her spinal cord. It was worse than they'd realized. She had meningitis.
0: As she recovered, she coped by making somewhat surrealist pencil drawings of the child that might have been.
1: Surrealism is a deliberately irrational art form, where an artist tries to let subconscious images flow out of them onto the canvas.
0: Surrealist paintings don't literally depict their subjects, but rather a feeling.
1: Frida also painted Henry Ford Hospital, Of surreal and profoundly emotional piece showing herself bleeding in a hospital bed, surrounded by images of medical drawings of organs and a fetus connected to her by threads.
0: She also briefly experimented with lithography, creating a haunting print called Frida and the Abortion.
1: But dissatisfied with the feedback she received on it, she returned to oil on canvas.
0: She had great talent for expressing pain in her art. None of this lessened the tragedies she experienced or mended her broken body.
1: But one of the reasons she became so renowned was that the feelings her art expressed were authentic. In her last year of life, she summed up her view on this. Quote, My painting carries within it the message of pain, painting completed by life. I lost three children, painting substituted for all of this. End quote. While in Detroit, she began innovating and creating her art. She fixed an aluminum pole from floor to ceiling onto which she attached an easel.
0: Its height could be adjusted depending on whether a standing or sitting posture was more comfortable for her on a given day.
1: She also began painting on metal rather than just canvas in the style of Mexican votive paintings called retablos. The retablo is a style used to depict dangerous events that the subject survived.
0: Diego once said, quote, Frida's retablos do not look like retablos or like anyone or anything else, for she paints at the same time the exterior and interior of herself and the world. Now, Frida tried three more times to have a child with Diego, and Diego attempted to forbid it, knowing how unsafe it was for her.
1: But Frida tried anyway. She yearned to become a mother, and she thought that having Diego's child would tie him more closely to her.
0: She was always worried he would stray.
1: While in Detroit, she heard that her mother was dying. While still occasionally hemorrhaging in the aftermath of her miscarriage, she got on a train to Mexico.
0: Despite disastrous flooding along the Rio Grande, Frida made it home in time to see her mother.
1: One week later, Frida's mother died. Frida was distraught.
0: After just a few weeks, she was back on a train to America.
1: Frida and Diego continued their whirlwind tour of the art patrons of the United States by moving back to New York, where Diego had another commission. And by
0: 1933, when she was 26, she was well on her way to being a great artist. But the world had yet to really take note.
1: The press had finally started to write about her but it was mostly in her capacity as Diego's wife. The pieces about her were fluff pieces, patronizingly patting her on the back for being, to their surprise, a painter in her own right.
0: Though she possessed the skills that would later make her a household name, she was not yet famous.
1: Diego, meanwhile, was becoming infamous. His Rockefeller Center mural depicted a communist utopia in America, with Lenin and Abraham Lincoln standing side by side.
0: John D. Rockefeller apparently only realized how radical the mural was going to be once it was mostly complete. As protests and counter-protests around the mural site threatened to become violent, Rockefeller fired Diego.
1: And to Diego's communist allies, many of whom had long been skeptical of his work for capitalists, the mural was an unacceptable bending of the knee to the bourgeoisie.
0: Diego managed to upset everybody.
1: Frida stood by his side, protest after protest.
0: Diego being Diego, this seemed like a great time to have an affair. It probably wasn't the first, and it definitely wasn't the last.
1: For so many reasons, Frida was homesick for Mexico.
0: But Diego wanted to stay in America.
1: He thought the revolution would happen first in a more industrialized country, that communism would come to America before Mexico.
0: And he wanted to be there when it did.
1: Frida, always more practical than her husband, didn't think that was likely.
0: In late 1933, she finally persuaded Diego to return home, but only after he'd spent every dime from his Rockefeller contract painting revolutionary murals all over New York.
1: They were broke. They had to rely on the kindness of their friends to obtain tickets home. After returning to Mexico, they moved into the homes they had built for themselves. Homes, plural? Mm -hmm. They had two houses connected by a bridge. Each had their own separate private working and living space.
0: It was a design that made sense for them. Two headstrong artists with a lot to say needed to have some personal space, even if they were in love, which was no longer clear.
1: They both stagnated as artists. Diego won commissions, but was too depressed to work on them.
0: Frida was hospitalized three times between 1934 and 1935, and she only completed two paintings.
1: Diego hit rock bottom when he had an affair with Christina, Frida's younger sister. He may have been partly motivated by fear of intimacy with Frida, not wanting to cause yet another miscarriage.
0: But mostly, the affair was a betrayal, meant to hurt her for taking him away from the United States.
1: In retaliation, Frida cut off her long hair, which she knew he loved.
0: She never took revenge on Christina.
1: But when Frida painted Memory a few years later in 1937, she was still processing the pain Christina had caused her.
0: Frida internalized some of Diego's cruelest feelings toward her during this time. In a letter to a friend, she confessed that she knew it was her fault, and that it was her duty to compromise. That seems unhealthy. Mm, Yeah, you find yourself hoping she'll just catch a break.
1: Literally, in this case. She and Diego went through the first of their separations in early 1935, when Frida was 27. She got an apartment,
0: which she shared with her favorite pet spider monkey.
1: Hold on. Spider monkey?
0: Yep. After her failed attempts to have children, she started collecting pets. Dogs, cats, monkeys, parrots, doves, an eagle, even a deer.
1: On a whim, Frida risked an unplanned trip to New York to see her old high society friends whom it turns out she actually missed. She traveled in the backseat of a poorly piloted private airplane.
0: Several rough landings later, in New York, she came to her conclusion about what she needed from Diego. She wrote to him,
1: Quote, I know now that all these letters, liaisons with petticoats, lady teachers of English, assistants with good intentions, only represent flirtations. All the rages I have gone through have served only to make me understand in the end that I love you more than my own skin, and that, though you may not love me the same way, you love me somewhat.
0: As always, Frida was the practical one. She recognized that she could never be completely happy with Diego.
1: But rather than hoping he would change, only to be disappointed, or choosing a life without him— She chose to recognize his faults and love him anyway.
0: He took her back, but kept Christina on as his secretary. Make of that what you will.
1: When assassins hired by the German ambassador attacked his studio, they aimed at Christina, thinking she was Frida. Fortunately, no one was hit by their bullets.
0: Assassins hired by an ambassador to shoot a painter?
1: Diego was a strident anti-fascist. Germany had fallen to the Nazis. Diego said of the attack, quote, they thought that by killing Frida, they could hurt me infinitely more than if they struck me. They were absolutely right.
0: So Diego responded to the attack with righteous pontificating. Frida responded by laughing at death.
1: Her best known work from the time is A Few Small Nips, a brutal scene showing the aftermath of a murder with incongruous details beautiful lace trim on the pillows, bright and cheery colors on the walls, and a pair of doves.
0: She saw it with the painting to make people uncomfortable. Like her firecrackers in lecture halls, it was meant to provoke.
1: It was also around this time that she stopped spelling her name with an E, the German way, changing it to F-R-I-D-A.
0: She was ready to be more than just Frida, Diego's charming wife. She was becoming Frida Kahlo.
1: Our story will continue in a moment after a brief message. And now, let's continue the story. By 1937, when Frida Kahlo was 29, she had developed coping mechanisms to deal with the pain in her life.
0: Because she could not have her own children, she spent time with Diego's children from his previous wife, Lupe Marin
1: and the children her younger sister Christina had from Christina's former marriage.
0: She decided this was the best way to forgive Christina.
1: Frida was also moving on by having extramarital affairs of her own, with both men and women.
0: Her new boldness was reflected in her work as well, which began to sometimes
1: depict pairs of women as lovers. Diego tolerated, even sometimes encouraged, her affairs with other women. But her affairs with men crossed an invisible line for him. She had to hide her male lovers from him. Her romance
0: with the sculptor Isamu Noguchi ended when the furniture deliveryman, who was supposed to be setting up their love nest, assumed mistakenly that the furniture was meant to be delivered to the Rivera household.
1: Mm, That put a stop to that. Mm Frida
0: and Diego were brought closer again by their shared political advocacy. As Spain descended into civil war, Frida raised funds for the rebels fighting against Spanish dictator Francisco Franco.
1: And when the communist leader Leon Trotsky was exiled from Russia, she was literally waiting on shore to welcome him to Mexico.
0: Frida was no stage extra in the story of Trotsky's stay in Mexico. For two years, 1937 to 1939, Trotsky lived rent free in Frida's childhood home in Coyoacan.
1: Her servants served him, her friends protected him, and she had a painting studio in the lot next door.
0: Partly because she liked him, and partly because he was Diego's hero, she seduced Trotsky. It was revenge for Diego's affair with Cristina.
1: It was a brief affair. And it began and ended on Frida's terms.
0: By 1938, when she was 30, she had figured out the life she wanted to lead. She painted and dated prolifically.
1: Her work was starting
0: to sell. She remained coy about her achievements, insisting it was merely a hobby and not a career. Her I-could-take-it-or-leave-it attitude was partially posturing to make her accomplishments look effortless.
1: It became easier for her to see herself as a great artist after she had a show open up in New York.
0: It was a hugely important social event. Even Rockefeller ended up with an invitation to the opening.
1: Over the years of drifting through Diego's social circles, she'd earned the friendship of art dealers and gallery owners, and those connections were finally starting to pay off.
0: A painter in her own right, everyone called her.
1: As with last time, some critics meant this condescendingly, but increasingly her work was received with awe.
0: Diego was in Mexico during her show, which took place in November 1938. The spotlight, finally, was only on her.
1: The Surrealist painter André Breton, who had helped put together the show and foisted on her the label of Surrealist, now invited her to France.
0: It was February 1939. Frida was 31. And over France loomed the specter of Nazi Germany.
1: And Breton had not actually bothered to arrange for a gallery to show her work. She was shocked at how disorganized he was.
0: She ended up having to finance her show herself.
1: She found Paris unbearable, and to her, her hosts reeked of pretension. She said, quote, I never knew I was a surrealist until André Breton came to Mexico and told me I was. I paint whatever passes through my head without any other consideration, End quote. She was also isolated by being unable to communicate effectively in French.
0: At least in the United States, she spoke the language.
1: While in Europe, she found time to help 400 Spanish refugees find asylum in Mexico.
0: With Hitler, Mussolini, and Franco in power, Frida began to write off Europe as a lost cause. She said,
1: quote, these democracies are not worth a crumb. Strangely, while in Paris, she briefly met Ramon Mercadet, the man who went on to murder Trotsky in 1940.
0: He tried to seduce her. She rebuffed his advances.
1: Despite her reservations about Paris, Frida's show was a critical success, earning teary-eyed praise from Kandinsky, Duchamp, and Picasso.
0: By September 19, 1939, when Frida was 32, She was back in Mexico.
1: But a series of falling outs, one between Diego and Trotsky, and one between Frida and Diego, led to a game of musical chairs that saw Frida moving back into her childhood home in Coyoacán.
0: It's not clear why this fight was more serious than the others. Maybe Rivera found out about her affair with Trotsky, or one of her other affairs.
1: Frida once blamed Diego's ex-wife, Lupe Marin, for breaking them up. Regardless of who or what caused it, this time they divorced.
0: But like the way they had not done marriage traditionally, neither did they divorce traditionally. They continued to see each other and praise each other's work in public.
1: As the divorce papers were finalized, she was finishing perhaps her most famous painting, The Two Fridas.
0: It depicted the Frida Diego loved and the Frida he did not.
1: After Frida divorced Diego, she painted often to avoid needing money from her ex-husband.
0: Although she produced more paintings in this effort to support herself, she did not compromise her style to make it more marketable.
1: Her plans for a stable life did not materialize. On August 20, 1940, Merkade finally succeeded in assassinating Trotsky.
0: Because Mercadé had managed to befriend Frida and win her confidence, she was arrested as a suspected accomplice. Diego, meanwhile, fled to San Francisco.
1: Her arrest and the searching of her home caused her distress, but she was quickly exonerated.
0: She had difficulty forgiving herself over her accidental role in Trotsky's death. She wrote angrily to Diego. She said it was his fault for wanting to bring Trotsky to Mexico in the first place
1: her health was worsening again. And so she wrote to her doctor friend in San Francisco for another opinion.
0: Though her Mexican doctors had been warning she needed surgery, on her friend's advice, she came to San Francisco, where the American doctors told her surgery was not necessary. She spent a month recuperating in the hospital.
1: A young man, an art collector who had fled Nazi Germany, fell in love with her while she was in the hospital.
0: They spent a whirlwind two months together. And then Frida's mind was made up.
1: She had her second wedding on December 8, 1940. She was 33.
0: The groom, however, was not the young man
1: she just met. The groom was Diego Rivera. After going through with the divorce, Frida and Diego both realized that as unhappy as they made each other... They couldn't live without each other, so they remarried. Ah,
0: true love.
1: Frida loved many people in her life, but in the end, they took second place to Diego.
0: She had some conditions for Diego when they remarried. First, Diego was not allowed to provide for her. She would have to keep selling her own work.
1: And second, they would not be sexually intimate. They had other people for that. Their marriage was for love.
0: It was a short wedding, and right after... Diego was back to his one true love.
1: Frida or painting?
0: Painting. There was no wedding reception. He went straight from the ceremony back to work on one of his murals.
1: They moved into the Blue House in Coyoacan, where they were now two fully independent artists who did not need anything from each other that the other one could not provide.
0: Another period of relative contentment and productivity was punctuated in the middle when, in April 1941, Frida's father, Guillermo, died.
1: The early 1940s was a dark time for the world, and Frida was deeply upset by the war now raging in Europe. Still, the war years were a time of commercial success for Frida.
0: Finally, she was getting recognition in her native Mexico.
1: By the 40s, she had improved her technique enough that she could switch fluently from realism to her pseudo-surrealist primitivism from one painting to the next.
0: Realism is what you expect from classical painters. They paint their scenes as accurately as possible. What you see is what you get.
1: Primitivism is a less coached, less forced style, borrowing more from folk art forms. The perspective might be off, for example. Frida was capable of both primitivism and realism, and as a mature artist, she could now choose between the two forms depending on what was appropriate for her subject.
0: In 1942, when she was 35, she was selected to be a founding member of the Seminario de Cultura Mexicana, an organization dedicated to spreading Mexican culture and art.
1: She was hired to teach art at the Ministry of Public Education's School of Painting and Sculpture in 1943.
0: The school did not use traditional methods.
1: Students generally came from impoverished backgrounds, and the school provided their materials.
0: Teachers sent students out to the fields to capture what they saw, instead of making them paint models in a studio.
1: Frida disarmed her students by speaking frankly about how little she knew about teaching and treating them like they were friends rather than pupils. She said to them, quote, from time to time, I will permit myself to make a few observations about your work. I will never, ever take the pencil from you to correct you, end quote. Rather than criticize her students' work, she taught them to be self-critical, presenting her own opinions as, well, opinions.
0: Her students adored her so much that four of them stayed on as pupils even after Frida was unable, for medical reasons, to handle the commute to school. Instead, they came to her.
1: Together, Los Fridos, as her four students were known, painted murals, had exhibitions, and even drew protests.
0: The apple didn't fall far from the tree.
1: (laughs) But Frida's health began to deteriorate as rapidly as her influence increased.
0: Once in 1944, She had to be hung vertically with sandbags tied to her feet to straighten out her spinal column.
1: Yikes. That sounds like a bad way to spend a day.
0: She spent three months like that.
1: Three months? Jeez.
0: But she continued to paint, even while stretched out and in pain.
1: Frida had four problematic vertebrae fused together with bits of other bone and a metal rod.
0: Somehow, the surgeon fused the wrong vertebrae. She had to go back under the knife soon to have it undone and redone.
1: In the process, she became addicted to painkillers. Her
0: private struggles did not yet seem to slow down her artistic successes. In 1946, at 39, she received a government fellowship and a large prize from the National Exhibition at the Palace of Fine Arts.
1: Things took a downhill turn in 1950 when she was hospitalized for a year in Mexico City.
0: The toes on her foot had turned black overnight.
1: It was a circulation issue, noticed too late to prevent. Amputation was on the table.
0: Doctors attempted further spinal surgery, fighting an infection. Frida ran a high fever. Her pain was tremendous.
1: Diego got a room next to hers in the hospital so he could sleep near her. And in the days before hospital rooms had televisions, he borrowed a projector and rented films to watch with her every week.
0: She did not succumb to hopelessness, the way some of her friends or family did. She could not move her upper body, but she created puppet shows with her feet.
1: By November 1950, she could finally paint again, though she remained hospitalized.
0: Comparatively well again, a year later in November 1951, she was released from the hospital at age 44. While recovering, she painted self-portrait with a portrait of Dr. Fariel, a striking piece where she poses with her portrait
1: of the man she credited with saving her. She herself is rendered in her earlier primitivist style, whereas Dr. Faril's portrait within the painting is much more realistic.
0: She spent the next three years mostly bedridden, with varying degrees of mobility within her home.
1: With her loss of mobility, her passion for politics re-emerged as a way of engaging with the world beyond her bed.
0: She regretted that she could not be active in the Communist Party, but she always paid her membership fee.
1: Her art began to suffer, as she felt the need to rush in order to sell it to make money to cover her medications.
0: She forced herself to push through it, and her anxiety shows in the furious brushstrokes of her later work.
1: One night in 1953, while a fiesta was occurring, she ripped off her metal corset and staggered out to join the party. Never again would she be confined to one, she proclaimed, no matter what happened.
0: In the spring of 1953, as it became clear Frida was dying, she was offered a dedicated exhibition at the Galleria Arte Contemporaneo.
1: She'd had shows in America and Europe, gotten paintings into shows, and won awards in Mexico. But this was the first time an exhibition in her home country would have a show consisting entirely of her own work.
0: Gallery patrons desperately wanted to know if she would be at her own opening. They were told she could not leave her bed.
1: And yet, shortly before the exhibition, a remarkable thing happened.
0: A four-poster bed arrived at the show. Frida was going to be placed in it.
1: She attended her show lying down, but full of life, delivering the same barbed witticisms and gallows humor that had made her legendary abroad.
0: It was clearly a performance. Frida was in pain and heavily drugged. All she could do was push her way through it.
1: They had to have someone stationed by her bedside to keep the crowds moving and looking at the paintings or else no one would have paid any attention to anything else.
0: She had the chance to accept adulation and congratulations from everyone, and then they were ushered along.
1: After that, her health problems escalated. Her lower leg was amputated later in 1953.
0: Her friends continued to encourage Frida to paint, and sometimes she did, but it was difficult for her. She lost her will to live until she figured out how to walk with her prosthesis.
1: She had it fitted with a little red boot.
0: She had days where she was herself, but if her medication lapsed or anything went wrong, she was inconsolable. The stress wore heavily on Diego too.
1: Brief recoveries were marked by returns to painting and the return of hope. Plans to visit Russia, plans to reinvent the world.
0: On July 2nd, 1954, Frida disobeyed her doctors and left her bed to attend a protest.
1: Photos show her in a wheelchair, driven by Diego holding a banner with the peace dove, her other hand clenched into a raised fist.
0: On July 13, 1954, she died of a pulmonary embolism. She was only 47.
1: Her last painting was a still life, on which she had written in large letters, Viva la vida.
0: Frida once wrote in her diary, quote, Death is nothing but a process in order to exist.
1: A friend once said of her that she lived dying.
0: She experienced a fatal accident. But the accident did not take her life in a single moment. She held on for 29 years. Mm,
1: But despite her grievous injuries, she lived so much.
0: When exactly did Frida become the legend? was it the accident
1: was it when she met Diego or when she left him supported herself and found him again
0: the truth is difficult to know for sure because of Frida's determination to craft and alter her own narrative it is ultimately her story so we will let her end it
1: quote they thought I was a surrealist but I wasn't I never painted dreams I painted my own reality. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Historical Figures.
0: If you want to listen to any previous episodes of Historical Figures, you can find them on Apple Podcasts. Tune in Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, or on our website, parcast.com, spelled P-A-R-C-A-S-T.com. A -A A new episode drops every Wednesday, but if you subscribe, you don't have to remember that.
1: If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review or tell us what you think on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram as at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network.
0: It seems simple, but it really helps our show.
1: Once again, thanks for listening. Historical Figures was created by Max Cutler. It is a production of Cutler Media and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Kenny Hobbs, with production assistance by Carrie Murphy. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Historical Figures is written by Tom R. Pike and stars Vanessa Richardson and Carter Roy.